On the night before her flight, Kunle took her in search of fresh palm wine. They held hands, walking through the overgrown outskirts of the university campus. Wide trails winding through frangipani and hibiscus. The gritty dry season air cutting through Flannery's mouth and throat. This is the On The Spot Podcast, presented by Squirrel. We discuss books and the places where they are set. For more information about Squirrel, the first location-based book discovery app, visit squirrel.co. That is S-Q-U-I-R-L dot C-O. I'm here today uh, with Mary Helen Specht, who wrote uh, Migratory Animals, and we're here at the Texas Book Festival. You might hear the noise behind us, but it's a beautiful day here. So uh, I would like to welcome you here, Mary, um, and, and I'm just going to let you do the introduction, who you are and what your book uh, is about. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So this is my first novel, and before that I wrote short stories that I'd published, um, set, some in, set in Texas, uh, some set in Boston and various places. Um, and... The idea, though, to finally kind of transition into the novel um, happened when I was on a, a Fulbright grant to Nigeria. I lived there for about a year and a half. Um, and when I was returning to the States, um, it was actually kind of really hard for me to kind of come back after that really intense experience. And I had this idea of, like, what, um, what if there was a woman like me, an American, who wanted to stay, who had found love there, thought that they had found a potential home there, and wanted to stay and wasn't, wasn't able to stay. And that was kind of the germ of migratory animals. One of the main characters, Flannery, unlike myself, is a scientist. And so she's kind of working on climate, um, and she loses funding for her work in Nigeria. Um, so she has a fiance who's Nigerian, um, but she has to come back to the States to try to get more funding for her work. Um, and because of the political relationships, her fiance is not able to come with her. Um, it's so difficult um, for many people in many countries to get even travel visas to come to the United States. And so she has to kind of make the leap. So she comes back to Austin and ends up getting enmeshed with a, a group of friends that she's known since they were in college together here. Um, and so that's when it becomes even more complicated. It turns out her sister is sick. It turns out um, there are other issues going on with her close friends. There's an ex-boyfriend involved. And so it really becomes this pull between her past, her history, these old relationships, um, and this new life that she thought she had made for herself in Nigeria. And that becomes kind of, I think, the central um, tension in the book. And, and you lived in, in Nigeria yourself, you said. Would, would you call that a home, or, or is Texas more home to you? Definitely Texas is more home, although, um, you know, Nigeria, while when I first got the grant, I was a little bit intimidated because the, especially, you know, here in the West and in the U.S. in particular, almost all the news we see about West Africa is, is bad. Um, we only see the kind of negative stuff. And so I was definitely kind of intimidated um, when I left. And when I got there... Um, Unlike almost any place that I had traveled or lived in before, you know, I lived in a number of countries, everyone was so warm. Everyone wanted to give me the best of everything. There's so few travelers in Nigeria. I think that's part of it as well. Um, <clears throat> everyone wanted to give me the best seat on the bus, take me back to their house um, and feed me. And I made a lot of wonderful friends in the writing community there. And so I, I would never say it really felt like home. That there's you know, such kind of difference in culture. I and also stick out so much there. Um, but... It definitely felt 
one of the warmest places I've ever been. And so I think that was kind of the idea of like, what does home mean, right? Is it where? Is it, where, is it warmth? Is it love? Is it what you're used to? Um, and this is something that I also was thinking a lot about in terms of today's culture where so few people die in the same place they were born, right? Where it used to be, it was pretty rare to really like leave and never come back to where, from where you were um, born. And now it's, it's rare to stay. It's really, really rare to stay a whole life in one, um, in one city, one town. Um, and so it really got me kind of thinking about how much more complex that makes it. Even if you do stay in that town, if everyone you know is leaving and new people are coming, you know, how does that also change the conception of home? So for you, Texas is home, and Austin in particular, you were born here, or do you go to college here? Well, actually, I grew up in West Texas in a place called Abilene, so not the fancy West Texas where, like, New Yorkers buy property up by Marfa, but just kind of the flat, kind of, used to be kind of oil country, West Texas is where I grew up. My parents were librarians, um, and so growing up, like a lot of people from smaller towns, I couldn't wait to leave way to escape. So actually most of what I, most of the books I read growing up were not about Texas. I was really interested in reading, you know, I read, you know, Contact about, you know, space. I read a separate piece about New England boarding schools. Um, and then as I got older, Virginia Woolf and Toni Morrison and Michael Andaji was really interested in, um, and cultures and places very different from where I came from. Um, and so I couldn't wait to leave. Um, and then later, it was only when I did leave, I ended up um, going to graduate school in Boston and living in some other places in Latin America that I st- actually got attracted to writing and reading more about Texas. It's like, you know, that sense of when you're finally away from it, you start to realize what it meant to you. Um, Larry McMurtry, I think, talks about this in one of his nonfiction books, how he, he read himself out of Texas growing up and then read himself back in as an adult. And I feel like I went through a similar process. Um, for undergrad, I actually went to, to Rice University, which is in Houston. Um, and so it was only later that I ended up in Austin, which is where the book is set. But I actually did a kind of a weird meld. So the um, the characters in my novel, the ones that went to college together, the, again, they're in their 30s by the time the novel starts. But there's a lot of flashbacks to them meeting in college. And um, I actually fictionalized the college. I basically took Rice and I, I renamed it and I moved it to Austin. So in the book, a lot of my a lot of people who, who went to Rice or live in Houston are like, well, hey, wait a second, I recognize, uh, you know, these descriptions of the university, but that's not in Austin. And so I kind of um, messed with the geography a little bit there because I wanted, I wanted to kind of use my Rice experience, but I really wanted it to be in Austin in part because it would make more sense for all their characters to have ended up there. Austin's a, um, one of the few places in the U.S. where you might have, you know, college friends that did very different types of things as adults in terms of jobs but still actually end up in this place. It's kind of like New York or, or LA. There's just so much going on in Austin in the last 20 years um, that it was more realistic that they would that they would all end up here than in Houston. So, so I, I think that brings me to the next question. Like, how important is Austin there? And you, you kind of answered that a bit already, but what if this story would have been set in New York? Would have been the same story or, or would have been a completely different uh, timeline and, and, and story? Well, for me, it would be pretty different. I mean, one of the things that um, I was also trying to kind of explore in this novel, so a number of the characters, they ended up at this kind of, you know, pretty pretty um, elite liberal arts private school, but they come from um, modest backgrounds. And so this, I, they had this kind of idea, if you end up at a good school, you can kind of pull yourself up by the bootstraps, right? And then the novel is also set during the recession. So all of a sudden they're like, oh, I have, you know, have this good education, even if I come from, from um, 
the from Brownsville in the Valley, from a poor agrarian community, I, if I got this good education, I can be middle class. And the recession kind of made that a lot more difficult and kind of showed how, um, in so many ways, the, the rich still manage to have that safety net that other people don't, you know, when, when the economy changes, even if you have that, quote unquote, elite good education. Um, and so I think, um, for me, Austin was a better place to kind of explore that, in part because, I mean, like some other cities, it's, it's definitely in the last, you know, 10, 15 years gotten kind of hip, you know, like people are moving here. But there's also this really kind of old school, um, kind of leftist, hippie kind of base from like the 70s and 80s in Austin that is kind of unique and it still is kind of on the underbelly. And there's also this really... Um, complicated segregation that happened even the way the highways are built in Austin was basically to done in order to separate certain racial communities um, and that's those are sorts of things that people who just kind of come to come visit Austin for South by Southwest or something or for the weekend don't see um, and so I kind of wanted to explore the kind of quote-unquote hipster mustache taco truck Austin and how it's but how it's really laid on top of this much more complicated um, city so those were a couple of different reasons that I felt like Austin was the, the right place for this story and made sense for these characters to be here. Flannery, jet-lagged and half-delirious, slumped into her sister Molly's car outside the airport in Austin. They drove past the overturned bowl of pink limestone that was a state capitol building and stopped for lunch at a place called Quark's. The long, narrow bakery echoed with the clanging of silverware and the clicking of computer keyboards. Brightly painted wooden tables were shoved close together. Dogs, tied to the railing outside, barked as each new person flung open the door, uppercuts of air conditioning hitting them in the face. And then if we dig a little bit deeper, what, what are some of your favorite settings that you used in your book, Bo both in Nigeria, but particularly here in, here in Austin? Okay. Well, to start then with, Ni with Nigeria, um, one of the really fascinating things, I was living in a city called Ibadan, which is a couple hours north of, of Lagos, which is the largest kind of this megalopolis or whatever. Um, and... But it's kind of a, a university town. But what's interesting is the university was built by the British. The British only built three universities in Africa under colonialism, and one of them was here. And so even after colonialism ended in Nigeria, it was still um, for a long time like the best, one of the best educations in all of West Africa. And so a lot of um, West African and Nigerian writers, even if they were from different parts um, of the country or the area, ended up at this university. Um, and so, you know, Chinua Achebe um, is one that people are most familiar with, Wole Shoinka, but all come from different kind of tribal backgrounds, but all ended up at this university together. Um, so I was really fascinated to, to spend time there. So one of the settings um, in the book has to do with Ibadan and how it's changed. Over the, over the decades, the university has kind of started crumbling, but there's still this real kind of love for learning and literature there. So um, for example, there's a whole black market in books because it's so hard to get books imported and when they are, they're really expensive and even if you have the money, you know, because of the, of the fraud, it can be really hard for even a, like a middle class Nigerian with a credit card to get anybody to send them a book abroad. And so like people would show up, somebody would drive a car to campus and they would just put 
black market books cover, coating the car. Um, and you could go by and try to buy them. And if the police came, they'd drive away <laughs> with their black market books. Um, so I was really kind of fascinated by this, this kind of tension of the kind of crumbling nature of some of these universities with this like fierce kind of love for for books and learning and science um you know they don't have the labs to do the good work in a lot of cases but they have that desire and they have the need um so that's something that i kind of explore in the book um in terms of um the texas settings so um when Flannery comes back, she ends up living on the east side of Austin, which is one of the most rapidly gentrifying. Of course, in 2008, it, wasn't, it was just beginning, when the book is set, it's just beginning to gentrify. So she's kind of, not only has she left Nigeria and come back and trying to figure out this idea of home, she's also, um, because she doesn't have a lot of money, that's why she ends up on the east side, but it also, she puts her in this complicated position of being a white person in a traditionally African-American and, and Latinx neighborhood as one of the kind of early, essentially kind of gentrifiers, um, even though even though economically she's similar to them. And so kind of exploring what East Austin was like in that time period, um, and, you know, we have, like, the traditional talkery that's been there forever. And then suddenly the new hipster talkery uh, selling kind of the same thing, but with a totally different atmosphere is, like, coming up on the next corner, right? So that was a, a neighborhood that I really um, was important for me to explore. And is this a real taqueria? Does it still exist today? or um, Most of the restaurants and so forth in the book are based on real ones. Some of them I changed the name so I could... Um, I could tweak them or I might combine two real ones and kind of change the name. But yeah, almost all of the, the details in terms of um, restaurants, neighborhoods, were, is, was all based on actual stuff hap- you know, going on in, in 2005 to 2008. Um, so, I mean, Austin is, is so rich. Actually, one of the things I ended up doing a, in an early draft... Um, I have, you know, a few of my close writer friends read earlier drafts, and one of them who lives here, too, said, you've over-Austinized the book. There's, like, so many Austin details. So I ended up cutting back, like, 40%, because it's just such a rich place, but I had kind of maybe gone a little overboard. It was like, okay, my head's spinning with all the Austin setting details. So there's actually fewer in the final draft than I had originally, but I think that just is a, just says a lot about how much is, is here. Flannery eventually found the bar she remembered fondly from her time as an undergrad at Marsh College, a small, nerdy engineering university situated in a neighborhood nearby. The dive bar, which had been frequented by grad students drinking Lone Star and people looking to get in bar fights with grad students drinking Lone Star, was directly above the burger techs, and you had to climb up a fire escape to get there. As she dragged her suitcase through the entrance, Flannery saw that El Gaton was a much hipper place now, with walls covered in hundreds of wine bottles sticking out of severe modern racks. So Nigeria is, is, is one place, but then Austin is, is really your home. Um, so is it, how is it writing about both places? Is there a difference in it? Because I, I can see if you write about a place, you have to be brutally honest about the place. And is it harder to write about your own place, uh, where your friends and family are really living, uh, than, than a place far away? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, obviously, when you're from a place, you're, you, you have a different layer of knowledge, which I think can be obviously really useful for a writer, but it can also be hard to know what to include for an outside audience. Um, so in some ways, writing about Nigeria, and even Austin, because it became my home later, 
were easier than writing about Abilene, which is the town in West Texas where I grew up. I've tried to write about Abilene so many times, and it's almost it's almost like the fish and water kind of idea. Like, I don't even know what to describe. I'm not even sure where to start. Um, it's almost like, because I lived there for 18 years, and it's a fairly small town, it's just, to me, it's just like a tree is a tree, and a street is a street. Like, how is it any different than anything else? It's just, it's just so basic. So that's actually been the place I've had the most difficulty writing about. Two of the characters, the two sisters in my novel, are from Abilene as well. So I do have a few flashbacks to their childhood, um, that are in Abilene, but I'm still, I've still um, started and abandoned a number of projects about my hometown, or set in my hometown, um, because I just don't think I, I, even though I haven't technically lived there in like 20 years, I still don't, I'm not sure if I have quite enough distance yet. My parents still live there, so I go back. Um, and I really want to write about it because it's the kind of place that doesn't get written about a lot, but, uh, but I haven't found my angle yet. So. so yeah, and, and home is the big subject of your book, really. And, and through the writing, have you learned more about what home is, and do we do we get a definite answer in your book? Well, because it's kind of a group novel. While Flannery is kind of the technically the main character, there's point of view chapters from a number of the other characters in the book as well. For example, Santiago, who comes from the valley and has kind of escaped poverty in a certain way to to try to become an architect and is um, is really struggling in the new economic environment, for example, um, as well as a, another character, Brandon, who is um, a scientist and also has a kind of a complicated immigrant family background. Um, and so they also have point of view chapters in the book as well. And so I think by the end, um, Flannery, ha I don't want to totally ruin the ending, but she has come to a um, to a decision, but not all the other characters have come to the same decision as her. Um, I, I will say I think all of them have the arc that kind of the, the arc that um, they each have individual arcs, but I think what makes them all move together, at least for me in the book, and, and made it worth being one book instead of you know different short stories or different novels, um, is they are all finding different ways to think about home in terms of people. So even though the settings themselves are really important in this book, um, a lot of what they're having to do is decide. Do I make a new family with this with my newfound love? Do I take care of the old family? Um, and that I don't even necessarily mean that in terms of blood family. It could also be the families that you've chosen, uh, not necessarily even like the parents and and siblings kind of family. Um, and so I think that's the, the kind of interesting thing. One of my college friends, I remember, um, she ended up getting married to one of my other college friends, and. Um, I remember at the wedding she said that she at some point had this realization that he was home. It didn't really matter where they went, and that's why she wanted to get married. Um, and I thought that was really interesting, but, but I don't think that's, that's, not, that's not enough for everybody. Um, so some people, it doesn't really matter where they are, but for I think for a lot of us, we might like to think we were that free, but we aren't. We aren't really that free. And I guess that's really a reflection of reality. It's, it's different for a lot of people, and, and some people are searching, and other people thing they have it so well i really want to thank you for this interview um migrate migratory animals it's it's available on amazon and all the different places and uh places. all right maybe some of your probably your local bookstore too especially if you're in texas thank you for listening to the very first episode of on the spot if you can get enough of books in the places where they are set be sure to check out the Squirrel location-based book discovery app at squirrel.co. That is S-Q-U-I-R-L dot C-O. Thank you for listening.